has been so long since I have plugged in this mic. I didn't even know how to like unmute um, it. I don't know what the buttons do no more. Like it is a shame and I do apologize. Welcome to... <laughs> Welcome to Destination Heal, the podcast. I am your host, Ty Alexander. Um, again, I apologize for leaving you guys. I think I did like two episodes, two or three episodes, and I kind of just dropped some gems and the mic and left y'all hanging. I have read all of the reviews. I have seen the DMs. I hear you. I am back. I am back. The reason why I took a little break is because I decided to have a wellness retreat for Destination Heal and it took a lot of work to plan. Uh, it just it just took it just overwhelmed me. Um, and I did have help. Shout out to Sabrina and Jesse. I could not have done this without you. But we took 27 women down to Mexico to the Hyatt Zuvia, which is an amazing resort. Be sure to check them out. Um, there was lots of healing, lots of learning, lots of unlearning. Um, there was lots of blue sand. There was a pool party. There was a dip. Like there was lot. It was the most amazing time I have had in a very long time. So that is the reason why I have been MIA. However, I am back. Your girl is back. And not only am I back, I am back with a live episode. Not only am I back with a live episode, I also have a guest. Hello, guest. (laughs) So while I was in Mexico, I actually sat down with a good girlfriend who was actually on the retreat with us, which was Tracy May. She is a fellow writer, a copywriter for one of the largest Um, if not the largest advertising agencies in Chicago. She does lots of big ads down there. Um, And we sat down for a little bit and we talked about our healing journeys, uh, grieving, how we lost our moms. Like we just talked a lot. It's probably, the episode, it's probably all over the place, but who cares? That ain't the point. I want you guys to listen. Um, Yeah, just listen. How about that? And just think, I didn't even rehearse that. That is, y'all, y'all are on point. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. I'm enjoying the retreat, and I'm trying to do better. Mm, I am doing better. Listen, look at that language Hi. change. Hi, hello. <laughs> at finding joy every day. So can I? Can I? I'm gonna correct you. Yes. Because we're choosing do- joy. Choosing joy. Um, okay. Boom. You are choosing joy. I'm choosing joy every single day. There you go. Day. There you go. So for those who don't know, I met Tracy in Africa, in Ghana. Mm-hmm. We have, is Hyatt your friend? Yeah. Okay. So we have a mutual friend, Hyatt Rita, who's also a blogger. So Hyatt put together a trip uh, to go to Ghana last year, and then Tracy was there. And she bought my book yes. and asked me to sign it. Yes. And I was like, me? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> of course I'll sign your Gave book. Gave her those famous vibes. Yes, of course. <laughs> and then all the girls were like, who's that? Who is she? So I felt really important. But not only that, I, thought, I always think it's thoughtful when people buy my book and then are like, oh, can you sign it? So I, I feel important. I also feel like my work is seen and heard as a writer. It's really the imposter syndrome for me as you know as a creative it's mm-hmm. high oh yeah like super high um so it's it always feels good when someone kind of you know validates you obviously duh um but we met that way and then we kind of just stayed in contact so that's me and tracy's story yeah i'm a friendly person on the internet 
<laughs> I think you're a friendly person in person, though. I I'm, think I think weird. I think you don't give your because <laughs> you're goofy as hell. Yes. See. So I don't think, See. but I don't think you give yourself enough. See. <laughs> See, um, I don't think you give yourself enough tr- credit when it comes to how friendly and how nice you are and how just inviting your spirit is. Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. So tell the people what else you do besides being friendly and, you know, stuff. Well, um, professionally, I'm a writer. I work in advertising, um, you know at Leo Burnett in Chicago, making ads for some pretty big brands. You said I sound famous. No. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, And, (laughs) um, but I was also on YouTube for five years, and that's where a lot of people know me from or think I look familiar from. Um, Back in my 20s, you know, getting on there, I would rap every Friday. I called it the Friday wrap up. And I did that for five years until it started feeling like homework. And then I, I was like, I need a real job. <laughs> so that's when I started my advertising career. But um, yeah, I'm also just a creative in general. And, and I you have a web series. I do, I just started, uh, I just created a web series called Un-Everything. And uh, it's funny because it's sort of like the um, story of my life because it's about uh, a black woman who is uh, husbandless, childless, parentless, and thinks she's terrible at life. So this web it's a comedy. Is about, is a, it's a comedy about your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's a comedy. So yeah, it's it's really just about um, again choosing joy. Yes. And but my character like really struggles with comparison, and we all know that comparison is the thief of joy. So um, she's just like she's in her late 30s, and she's comparing herself to all of her friends who are either married or mothers, or you know still have their parents around, and she struggles with like, okay, what's wrong with me and stuff like that. This which feels is like a biopic or something. I mean, it's very close. It's easy, <laughs> it's easy to write about stuff that you actually yes. are feeling. This is true. So yeah, it's it's very close um, to my actual life, which is why. I breeze through the script phase of it. Yes, okay. Ladies, my favorite thing about wash day is deep conditioning. There's nothing quite like applying your conditioner and letting all of that moisturizing goodness penetrate your hair. So lately, I've been in love with Palmer's Coconut Oil Formula Hair Care. It's great for strengthening and repairing your hair. So whether you wear your hair naturally curly or blown out, or you just wanna protect your tresses under extensions, Palmer's Coconut Oil Formula products are made with organic coconut oil, so your hair is stronger, longer, and healthier. These products are also made without dyes, parabens, sulfates, mineral oil, or any harsh chemicals. So for wash day, I use coconut oil formula shampoo, and then I condition with the protein pack. It's truly amazing. And then to prep for a style, I follow up with the coconut oil formula leave-in conditioner. To learn more about Palmer's Natural Fusions hair mask and leave-in conditioner, visit palmers.com backslash natural fusions. And no matter what your hair type or texture, Palmer's coconut oil formula has you covered. Learn more at palmers.com. So the other thing that we have in common is that we're, we are both motherless daughters. Yes. 
So tell me, because I don't even really know oh. um, your grief story. Like, how did your mom die and how you're coping now? Okay, so um, I grew up as an only child with a single mother. So it was just us two in the house and some dogs. And um, when I started my advertising career, I moved to New York and I lived in Brooklyn. And this one particular day, I mean, everything was cool, everything was fine, but this one particular day, I had so many tweets and texts. And back then in New York, this was 2010, you didn't get your tweets and stuff on the train. They didn't have the Wi-Fi. I think they got Wi-Fi on they the train. They have Wi-Fi now. now. Mm -hmm. I mean, coming <laughs> on up. Listen. Back then, you had to wait till you was coming up the stairs, right. and then your phone would be like, ding, 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 ding. And so that's what happened. And all of my, you know, it was my family members and people like that saying, call home. And so I called home, and a random lady answered my mama's phone. And I was like, hey, is uh, my mama home? And she was like, oh, she's, um, she's outside on the ground. We waiting on the ambulance to come. And I was like, oh. Well, that was very I'm, matter of fact. Yeah. Okay. So my mama was a nurse and all her friends are nurses. And I don't know if you know any nurses, but they are very matter of fact, <laughs> like to the, yes. Like it's almost like things do not phase them. Yeah. It's like, she was just like, girl, we waiting on the ambulance. They're, they're on their way. I think she might be having a little stroke. A little stroke. Yeah. Ma'am. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I said, well, is she all right? And she was like, well, I'm going to call you. Um, I gave her my cell phone number, and um, she said, I will call you when, I, when they tell me what hospital they're going to take her to. And so what happened was my mom, a couple weeks prior to that, she had a knee surgery, and she developed a blood clot, and then they gave her some blood thinners, and apparently she had, like, a bleed on the brain or something like that that they didn't know about. They discharged her from the hospital, and literally when she got out of the car and was walking with her little, you know, walker thing, because she just had knee surgery, up the front steps, she, like, collapsed. Mm. And so I'm in Brooklyn freaking out. And your mom is in Mississippi. Mississippi. Yes. So I was in Brooklyn freaking out, and I was able to get, they have, like, a bereavement fair on, like, air, airplanes mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, stuff. Yes. So I was able to get, like, the next flight out the next morning. Wait, pause. Before that, I kept calling that hospital. For updates they don't give you updates mm. over the phone and so I have my aunt on three-way my mom's sister and my aunt asked this very crucial question that was like life-changing for me in that moment but she asked the nurse who wouldn't give us any information she said if this was your family member what would you be doing and the lady said if this was my family member I would be on the next flight mm. and so I booked that fare, got that flight, and I was out the next morning. That was November 16th. She was in a you know, vegetative state by the time I got there. She, I guess, uh, was doing, like she still had like activity you know, at first, but then as the days went on, it was like no, you know how they check the eyeballs? There was like nothing, and so, on November 18th, I had to sign the papers to take her mm. off of the ventilator. Um, it was like, it was hard, but at the same time, it was, it felt like a business transaction, the way that it was all happening so fast. It was like, hey, she doesn't have any um, mental activity at this mm. point, so. You gotta go on work mode. Yeah, let us know what your decision is. 
And I was like, okay, yeah. Like my mom always told me she wouldn't want to just be, you know, mm-hmm. in in a vegetative state. So like, yeah, let me sign those papers. I signed the papers. My my some of my family members flew in. We were all there. Like it was very quick when she went down, and then we all just walked out of the room. Like it was just okay. Now let's go to dinner. Almost it was very, nobody really did anything. And I said, I, I said I have to go back. Hold on, just give me a second. I have to go back. And when I went back, <laughs> I just broke all the way down. Cause it was like I was. I knew that that was the last time I was gonna see her hair and her skin and her face and hold her hand. Thank you. It's all right. And it just hit me. It hit you. And I took pictures. Mm-hmm. I took pictures of her. I took pictures of her hair. And I took pictures of her hands, and like, we have like very similar hands. And I always joke, mm. I always joke because I'm, I look very young, even though I'm 38. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have 38. That all black crack. I have 38 year old hands. So <laughs> I always joke that my hands look older, but I love them because they look just like my mama's hands. Like, even in that picture, I, we look like because our hands were like this like intertwined and I just one of my favorite pictures that I took was a picture of me and my mom's hands yes my mom hated pictures same mine did too yeah <laughs> I think women in the 70s just didn't they, they just didn't like pictures I don't know what it was about it um but that's one of my it's a comforting picture yes. for me so I you were probably preactively grieving because I don't think in the moment we think about those things that we're gonna mm-hmm. need later. Yeah. I, I wish that someone would have told me to record her voice. Yes. I wish someone would have told me, never mind the bald head, never mind the whatevers, take the picture. Yes. There's one picture I have with me, uh, not, not me, my mom and my cousin Linda and my cousin Shelly. And mm-hmm. she's like, and yeah. bald head and all, she's happy, she's smiling. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that kind of get you through, you know what I mean? Yes, my mom was the same way, very similar. Like, she was kind of overweight, so she didn't, she's like, even if there was like a group mm-hmm. picture, she was in the back. Mm-hmm. She would Only just see her face. Just, yeah, yeah. And um, so I do the same thing with my friends, especially my friends that are only children. I always say, like, take pictures with your with your parents. Like, I don't care if they don't want to. Take a selfie. Just say, hey, mom, look over here and snap it. Just get mm-hmm. all of this stuff, even especially if they don't like taking pictures because at the end of the day, I mean, you, you still have your memories, but, like, these are so precious. They become mm-hmm. so precious to you, these pictures and the images that you have because I think I heard you saying one time that you – you don't have those um, videos and stuff, so you nope. you are losing her voice. I don't, I don't even remember what her voice sounds like. So, right. And, and because at the time, my mom died in 2013, so Instagram was kind of a thing, but not really. Like, we right, weren't, right. like, as socially as we are. Like, we are everything on the ground. Like, yeah. mamas, everybody. And so back then, it wasn't a thing. So it didn't even dawn on me to, you know, take more videos or, you know, record more messages. I was telling... Uh, Denise, like, record some messages to you. Like, I wish I had something 
that my mom had a thought about to tell me mm-hmm. that I would need after she's gone. Yeah. And as, like as letters, morbid as it may sound or as, you know, whatever, like yeah. it sounds crazy to think about that. Mm-hmm. But in the, in this moment, if I had something on my phone, on my whatever, where I could go to every time I felt yeah. away and it was like, Hey baby girl, no, you're going like just something, something that would I give agree. it. Right. Yeah. I, um, I mean, even like things like handwriting, like my mom's grocery list became mm-hmm. so precious to me because I was just like, ah, oh, she was getting ham, you know. On <laughs> <laughs> oh, this day in 1992, she was also a paper hoarder, so let's not talk about it. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like 92. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and then her, her will was handwritten, mm-hmm. and um, she always told me, because, you know, it was just me and her, she had this briefcase, and she always said, if anything ever happens to me, open this briefcase you're the only one that knows the combination it was one of those old kind with the combination and the combination was my birthday mm-hmm. and so um it was funny because she she got remarried after my father and when she passed away he called me and said did you open the briefcase like that is it is it money in there <laughs> he probably always wanted to know what was in there but it was like her like her will all of her um, I mean, she was very organized. Um, she had all of her um, like credit card accounts and like investment accounts with usernames and passwords and things to like make it super easy for me because she we don't think knew. about that. No, we no. Don't. We don't. I mean, and luckily for me, my mom was terminally ill, so there was lots of things. Time. We had six to eight months to gather things. Like mm-hmm. once they tell you, you know, this is it. Then you start, you know, thinking about the will and where stuff's gonna go yes. and the insurance. But when your person, yeah, just is gone and you gotta fiddle through stuff and figure out the insurance, and you haven't had that conversation, like I'm, I'd say to everyone, have as hard as it is. If your mama or your daddy is still here, have the conversation because the hardest thing to go through in grief is to also grieve and then have to deal with business because the business gonna come go regardless. Yeah. And they don't care that your mama died. They really don't. They need the death certificate signed. They need to know. Do you got it? Can Can we buy this casket? Mm. They don't care that you're grieving. So it's, it makes it way better when yeah. you're able to have all of that together. And so yeah. kudos I mean, to your mom. For, to her. Yeah, very organized. I mean, she had everything in there from, like, her, you know, she was divorced. I mean, that was also a little bit of hoarding, so I can't give her too, too much credit. You know what I'm saying? That's what she, <laughs> that's what she was good at. Uh, <laughs> but she had in there, like, you know, she was divorced twice, so she had in there her, both of her divorce decrees, like, I wish you would try to come for something. <laughs> You don't get none of this money that my daughter is owed, okay? He signed the papers. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so after my grief story is like it it starts there, but that's not where it ends because like after my mom passed away, I decided to move to Chicago where I have a lot of family and my father lived in Chicago. Um, But and then he had three boys after me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm going to have brothers. Two months after I moved there, the oldest brother got killed mm. in the streets of Chicago. A year after that, almost to the day, the, the middle one um, got killed. Then the, that same year, but later in the year, my father died. And um, so it, it's just been like I, he has a, a third child, but he was in jail. And I was like, stay there. <laughs> it ain't Stay safe jail. out here. Stay there. It ain't, it ain't safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe out <laughs> here. Um, so yeah, but so 
what happened was somewhere along the way, I started internalizing that mm-hmm. people that I tried to love always there you leave. Go. And so I'm going through something right now where a guy that I was with, he ghosted me, which is the new uh, fancy term <laughs> for just stop talking to you altogether. Um, and this was a guy that was amazing. He was great and he was very communicative throughout our whole relationship and then boom, he disappeared. And so for me, it feels like uh, a why, like how you were saying, you have to be vulnerable, you have to open up, but I feel like why? Every time I try, every time, every time I try to do something it, or try to love somebody, they leave or they die, which is in my brain the same as leaving. Yeah, and so. But think, but I, when I when I hear that, I think I my the Christian in me, the Baptist in me, comes back to think about where God would be if every time someone didn't love him back. Like, where would we be? Right. If if every time he wasn't reciprocated in that love. Like, what does that look like? You know what I mean? So when I think about, like, what love means, like, the unconditional part of it. Yeah. Like, loving them regardless. That means I'm not ashamed to say that I love the guy and now we, I don't know where he is. Mm-hmm. But I still love him. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so hard on myself. Like, I feel yeah. stupid. I feel dumb for doing it again, you know? And so, and then plus... Because my mom I, was I would, my person. I would also, I think we talked about this earlier. I would also beg you to, again, unpack why you picked those people. Yes. And after hearing, you know, that your mom left, that your brothers died, like it really does sound like you're picking people who can't love you back. And if so if they don't love you back and they leave, it's whatever. I, I promise I'm trying to get better at that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was picking some terrible I people. I promise I thought I made I, try. I've been it. trying to improve with every dude. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, and then also, like, when somebody leaves or, you know, I break up with somebody, um, it always, always happens where I, it makes me miss my mom more. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I don't know why it is, but it's like my mama would never have left me like this. And I don't know what what the correlation is, but it just makes me. It just makes me sad because I know that I'm never gonna have a love like my mama gave to me. As much as I try, like as much as I search, ain't nobody on this earth gonna love me like that lady. I came out of her. I think, and for me, that's probably one of the things that I struggle with the most. And I, it's funny because as you were talking about your web series, I wanted to do a documentary where I allowed people like you to share their stories. And the title was, Ain't Nobody Gonna Love Me Like This. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it really is, especially if you're close to your mom, it's a, it's a type of love that you can't duplicate. Like, and as a mother, I get, like, I get it. Like, no one's gonna love my son like I love my son. Nobody. And so the only caveat, the only silver lining that I can think of was that I had that love. Like I know plenty of women who don't got mamas, whose mama ain't shit, who, you know what I mean, dropped them off. So, you know, I, I know plenty yeah. of those women. Yeah. And how fortunate am I 
to have had a woman for 36 years of my life. I'm yeah. 42 now. Like I had her for the most of my life. I, I also know women whose mothers died at nine and can't they can't curl their hair. Mm-hmm. Like I love beauty. I, I like I legit could have been a hairdresser because I love my hair. Because my mom said, "Here's this flat arm and this blow dry. We ain't got no money to go to the salon. You gonna figure out how to do your hair, girl?" <laughs> right. We don't have that kind of money. You 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 you're not a, you're not an every Saturday salon kind of girl. Okay. Your hair ain't kinky anyway, so just figure this out. <laughs> so I think about like the amount of, again, it's practicing gratitude, right? Like at the end of the day, like I think about the amount of people who didn't have that experience. Yeah. And for me, that, 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 that's what allows me to be able to speak without the tears or be able to say, you know what? My mama was amazing. Yeah. Like Denny Brown was good shit. Cause somebody else didn't have a Denny. Somebody else didn't have your mom, you know? Mm-hmm. My mom let me do everything. I played the saxophone, the piano, I did ballet, I did tap dance, I did it all. Whatever I wanted to do, she said, go ahead and do it. You don't wanna do it no more? Don't, don't worry, we can do something else. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so like the idea of knowing that you had someone for most of your life yeah. that, was, that, that was there, like that, everyone don't get that love. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do wanna talk a little bit about um, the idea of not saying goodbye. Because for me, I'm crippled with that some days. Like I said, my mom went to hospice. I was living in New York at the time, so I called myself going home, take a break. And when I went home, that's when she, she was passing away. And funny mm-hmm. enough, my cousin is here. We had, a, I was procrastinating. And I, I don't know if that was because mm-hmm. I had, I really had said in my mind that I did not want to see her body. Like I'm, and I, and I, I did mean that. Mm-hmm. I really had said in my mind that I didn't want to see her body like the idea and I and I and I go back and forth right Mm -hmm. because I hear you and I I hear you talk about like going in and seeing the body like I have no mental recollection of what she looked like dead and Mm -hmm. so a part of me is extremely grateful for that right like I don't have the horror stories I don't know what she looked like dead like I don't have that connection right so a little bit of that I'm grateful for, but, I, but I'm also kind of, I feel guilty yeah. for not holding her hand on the way out. Mm. And so I cripple with the idea, like my mom and dad were married till she died. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to allow my dad to be a husband, mm-hmm. right? Like at the end of the day, you was here first, um, second technically. Yeah. So I tried not to, um, you know, invade that love, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I do cripple with like the idea of not saying goodbye or not being able to see her on the way out, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I I think I just told myself that my mom could hear me, mm, even though could. she was in that state. The nurses you know? say she could. Yeah. <laughs> and so I talked to her. You know, I turned on. She always called. She watched The View, but she hated it. And so she would be like, let me see what these heifers talking about. <laughs> and so I would turn on the Ain't view. Ain't that why you watch yeah. it? Because don't they get on your nerves? I'd be like, oh, my God. I would turn it on in her room. And, you know, I'd be like, I call her Moo And I'd be like, Moo let's see what these heifers talking about today or whatever. And um, also, you know, I'm again, we already said that I'm very silly. So I, at one point, I remember I whispered in her ear, I said, I knew I should have got pregnant in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Telling me I don't get pregnant, don't bring no babies home. Now look. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was just talking to her doing, I mean, I I never, she never, you know, 
responded or gave me any feedback or anything like that. But uh, I feel like I, I said goodbye and mm-hmm. I was there, you know, when they turned the machines off. So that's, I mean, I grapple with a lot of stuff, but I guess I'm fortunate that that's not one of the things that I, yeah. I grapple with. Um, but also, I, all those pictures and stuff that I took, I mean, your mom was terminally ill, so she didn't look probably like herself because my aunt died of breast cancer too and so i know how it is at the end but my mom looked like herself i mean she just fell down two days before that Mm, you know got it and so all the pictures that i took um you know were very close to you know how she normally looked um so yeah i mean it was one of those things where just that turnaround and and making the decision to take all those pictures because i knew that was gonna be it that was it and my mom was cremated, and um, same. So I I did and still do struggle with uh, what to do with her remains because oh, you still have them. Oh yeah, I still have them. Mm-hmm. She's in that same box from her funeral home, but she's in a Louis Vuitton vintage Louis Vuitton. Okay. <laughs> her own. She's life. resting in style. Right. <laughs> I was like, now help because I was going back and forth from. New York's Mississippi so a couple times I had to bring her with me mm. and let me tell you about going through security with Child, some human remains I can only but <laughs> her face <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would have to tell the people I'm sorry I have human remains in here they're like go let's go fine <laughs> it's fine oh yeah so that was strange but yeah so I started putting her in that Louis Vuitton um, okay. vintage Louis Vuitton bag and she just stayed in there I don't okay. know I don't know I don't know what to do. Okay. Decisions are hard. Well, my mom was cremated <laughs> too, but then my dad, like my dad and my, my family was just hell bent on burying her. Oh. So they actually put her in the plot that my grandmother is in. Oh, okay. Their face and all. Even though she had said that she had wanted to be on a tree somewhere. Oh. But we just ignored that. <laughs> but again, I allow people to grieve. Because I had to tell myself, also, like, my dad lost his wife. Yeah. So I have to also offer him grace in that moment. Like, my dad lost the love of his life. And I don't know what I would do if I lost my Leroy. So so I had to come to terms with the grace I allowed to my dad. You know, and I think as as parents, we forget that there are also people, they're human beings, who also suffer, who also hide things, who are also in silence, you know, all of that. And then they go to raise us, and then we're mad at them. They didn't have no handbook. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. they don't know how to do this <laughs> wait you know? were you uh already married when your mom passed no away? I was not so my mom missed okay. a lot oh. um I I and I said it I say a lot like I definitely became like I got a book deal after my mom I mean obviously it's about my mom yeah but you know growing up I always wanted to be a writer like I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm writing children books whatever and the minute my it was like my mom went to heaven and was like hey Jesus send them Mm-hmm. My daughter's downstairs mm-hmm. by herself. Mm-hmm. And she's going to need some things. Yeah. And things just happened. Like I was on TV. I got a book deal. I was in all these magazines. I was in the CVS. Like I'm just doing everything. You know, I'm getting six. Like I'm just doing everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really credit it to like legitimately. Denny was like, sir, mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of my daughter. Yeah. Um, so but she did miss on a miss out on a lot of things. My wedding was hard, mm-hmm. but only for a second like I remember feeling her just like when we were at the cocktail party and Yolanda showed up yeah like my mom always manages in those really important times she always manages to show up Mm -hmm. every single time without doubt so 
on the one hand, when I think about all the things that she's missed, all of my milestones, my accomplishments, you know, I say to myself, I really wish she was here to experience this. I'm like, but she is. Mm -hmm. She's here. Um, So as we wrap, I want to ask you, how many years has it been since? What is down there on the floor that you keep looking at? Something is dripping. Oh, um, it's dripping. It's um, oh, it's condensation. Condensation. How <laughs> <laughs> right. I say it in Jamaican? Condensation. 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 Um, it's been nine years for nine me. Years. Well, this is my ninth year. November makes nine years. What I I always wonder. I guess a lot of me a lot of me thinks that I'm cynical because I probably am. Are the tears easier, better? Or are they still just as strong as the first year? Oh, it's much easier um, now than it was then. But I still have these times like Mother's Day, her birthday, the holidays when all on Facebook is nothing but family. I be telling y'all, pictures. can y'all log off, please? Yeah. It's torture. Um, the whole holiday season is a bit, I get really down in those. And then I'm in Chicago where we have like, seasonal depression anyway. already because it's cold right. as hell and the, the sky is just gray at all times so um this yeah. was actually the first holiday that i wasn't as depressed mm. and partly because my husband made me have parties so oh. we had friendsgiving yeah. at our house and then we had a christmas party so being able to be around new love like we have a lot of new friends mm-hmm. like Dougie is one of our new friends so like we have a lot of new friends in the space that we are in now so being around that kind of love reminded me again that I can be loved and I am loved. So maybe this holiday season you either come to my house. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or you can have your own party back in Chicago. I was gonna say it's hard it is a little tough for me, which I I maybe because I'm an only child, I don't know, but it's a little tough for me because all of my friends are married and then I still get in my feelings because I'm just like the mm. only one that's there. I just feel Well if you come to our parties it's married we don't only marry people with a bunch of single people. <laughs> 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 yes, you may. Oh, right. <laughs> Everybody's welcome. But you got to bring a dish and a liquor. Yeah. And don't bring no cheap liquor. And leave it on the buffet. Don't be walking around with it. With it. <laughs> then you can't come back. You got right. Still bring a new bottle, please and thank you. Some guy was like, You have three bottles of Patron and mind your business, put yours back add, down. Add yours to the pile. Add yours to the pile of Patrons. Thank you very much. So I thank you very much for crying and sharing well, with me. thanks for having it's me. It's a feel-good kind of day. <laughs> Last words, what would you tell anyone who's grieving? I used to hate when people told me, time heals all wounds. Girl, because it's lies. Lies and <laughs> fallacies. Um, Untruths. And so I won't say that, but what I will say is over time, these wounds, um, it's almost like they don't cut as deep or you start to focus on the memories instead of the pain of losing them. And although it still hurts and I still have my moments where I'm just like, I want my mommy right now. Like it's um, also can be comforting to know that you have an angel looking out for you. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Thank you, darling. Thank you. That was a 
amazing. I was on the TV I'm gonna do show. this more often. 